Battle Line podcast. Uh, this is going up the day after Christmas because yeah. we taped a bunch of stuff in advance. We didn't want to tape during Christmas. So uh, to all you guys out there listening, I hope you had a Merry Christmas and that you're uh, enjoying with family and all yeah. that other good stuff. I hope you got everything you wanted. Santa came to your house and gave you all the presents and all your kids the presents that they asked for. And and you're getting to eat. Was it Christmas ham? We're going to have turkey. But I mean, we we still got turkey. I should say we're gonna have it. We're already past Christmas. We still got turkey in the uh, turkey in the in the kitchen. And so yeah, I'm gonna go after this. Go get in a turkey coma after you guys hear <laughs> this. So yeah. But I hope you guys all had a wonderful, wonderful Christmas. Yeah. Do, being that you're in Fort Scott and everybody's like avid <laughs> hunters, is it like fresh hunted turkey? No, I. You know what? There are regulated turkey seasons, and they're not. We have better turkey in Nebraska. They're, the turkey don't get too big down here. More, it's more deer. But even deer seasons, I don't know if it goes through December. So I'm there'll be venison as on the table. So in your Midwest oh, nice. or cool. Colorado, but turkey out here, that's yeah, not as big as you think. Pheasant in the fall, pheasants big because of the corn, but turkey here it, it's it's not a big turkey hunt at least not that i'm aware of uh that turkey hunt state and you don't see a ton like nebraska where i used to live in omaha we had gaggles of turkey and they were huge good and so there was some turkey hunting going on but um yeah i can't say it's going to be fresh turkey it's still going to be store-bought turkey from wherever store i can whatever store we picked it we're, we're you know we, we picked it up from i think it's probably from one of the grocery stores here but yeah you know what i never have had fresh shot clean turkey never in my life me neither and yeah. and while i was out there i was even telling some of the hunters at fort scott like i've never had freshly hunted anything really and i would i would love to man because oh, i yeah. mean i love to eat all that stuff but it's like because i can go to whole foods and get venison yeah. and bison and i love eating all of it but i mean they always say and i believe it like it's nothing like getting that fresh hunted like different taste you just feel better i, I would it, it i would does. love to do it yeah, yeah, yeah they're they're spot on no and that's it they'll hunt they'll buy it they'll get it they'll buy it they'll hunt they'll clean it and, <laughs> and then i just get i i always ask hey man you got any extra and they'll throw me some so yeah venison is incredible uh the the tremendous deer meat is awesome yeah i've never had it fresh i've just had it store-bought but maybe one day uh so before we get to jt Patton, one of our sponsors who've been on board with us for a long long time now and that just puts out the best supplements is bubs naturals yeah. and uh as i do say in the interview coming up with jt like it's getting cold where we are if unless you guys are in texas or florida you're probably getting hit with this cold and what i like this time of year man after i get out of the gym or go for a run i like to put that collagen that bubs naturals collagen protein and some hot chocolate because it dissolves That's well good. yeah yeah make some of that like you know just wherever i go, go to the store get that hot chocolate put it in the water or milk or something like that and then put the bubs naturals in and I'm, i know i'm getting my protein in. that's like a great snack Oh, and I'm I'm a coffee drinker, so I'm always drinking coffee, and that's two scoops of Bubs and coffee in the morning, or even before we come on the podcast, you see me drinking coffee at Bubs, and that MCT oil, guys, it it's a good little creamer. It is if if you if you like cream in your coffee, that MCT oil works great, and it's a good pre workout. So I'll drink a little coffee with some Bubs, and I'll put the MCT oil in it before I go work out, and it does give you that little bump because of that coconut oil that's in there. And it's good for you. And it does help and support gut health. So you're getting joint health with your collagen and you're getting gut health with your MCT oil. And, and it tastes good, whether it's in hot chocolate. I've done hot chocolate, but I like it in coffee. And it, it churches up my coffee just right where it's not too sweet. But, you know, I'd still taste that little cream and, and a little sweetness in there. So good stuff, man. 
Yeah, and they have new products on the horizon or up there now with their coffee, with the hydrator dye. It really is just the best supplement company out there (laughs) in terms of collagen, MCT oil powder, apple cider vinegar gummies for cleansing. We just love everything they do. And it's a great cause. They're helping out the Glenn Doherty Memorial Foundation with every purchase. So go to bubsnaturals.com. Use the promo code BATTLELINE and you're going to get 20% off. Once again, that's bubsnaturals.com. Promo code BATTLELINE for 20% off. From Omaha, Nebraska to New York City, from planet Earth to extraterrestrial life in space, a podcast with no equal, engaged in unconventional warfare through your speakers and headphones. This is a show about embracing the suck, conquering your demons, and finding God in the face of adversity. Chris Tonto Peranto. Switch is on. Motherfucker, I'm going to shoot you in the face. Ian Scotto. You know, Ian and I have been dating for a long time. You are now tuned into the Battle Line Podcast. The Switch is on Battle Line podcast. Back on with us is JT Patton. It's probably been two years because it was episode 49. Chris was out that episode. And uh, actually what made me think to have JT back on was I did the best of military thrillers uh, episode. And then I saw that I was I was thinking to myself, oh, we got to get JT back on when he has a new book out. And then I saw Whispers of a Gypsy just came out. So I was like, this is the perfect time to have you on. So. For people who don't know JT's background, thriller author, and, you know, unlike a lot of people in the genre, he really has the background for it because intelligence contractor with U.S. government and military special operations, uh, really best known for the Safe Haven series of books. We'll get into this book, which is a huge departure from the Safe Havens book, and we could probably get into why. Um, Actually, before we get into anything of substance, you know, it was the first thing I was going to say. It's like, I'm in Connecticut, between Connecticut and Long Island. Chris is in Kansas. You're in like outside of Chicago, right, JT? Yep, yep, yep. So I'm, I'm yeah. in a Western suburb. Yep. Yeah, I was just like, man, this is the time of year where I, mean, I don't know if you guys are feeling it. I'm like, why do I live here? Like this, this is where it gets brutally cold. <laughs> I, it ain't bad here. I Kansas people, Kansas, they think of Wichita, they think of, or a few farther west, they think of the rolling flat corn. Where I live, I live in the southeast corner. So we're in the Ozarks. We're right at the edge of where the Ozarks yeah. start going into Branson. And we got trees. And, and Ian's been out here before. He's, we got trees. We got rolling hills. We actually have rocks that grow out of the ground for summer. I don't know. How we, we, could, we, we grow them over here. But it, it's, it, can, it can get cold, but it doesn't stay windy and cold all winter. Like today, it's, it's cloudy, but it's 55. And it's been raining a lot, which is good. We need the rain. Definitely need the rain. Don't mind that. But it doesn't get too cold out here all the time. But yeah, we'll have our 15 degree weathers. But unlike Omaha, where I used to live, yeah, Omaha sucks. 
that place gets cold. <laughs> it's brutally kind of like I bet Chicago, you feel that wet blow it's through right the now. Cold. Yeah. That's right. It's wet. It's cold. I've got I've got two daughters that are coming back home from Iowa, and one of the girls wanted to go to Kentucky, and she's like, "Yeah, and I wish yeah. I was in Kentucky right now because <laughs> we're talking about you know snow ripping straight up to where my dad is in South Dakota," and she's like, uh, "Yeah, this sucks." And that and that humidity from the just because you're by the lakes there, I don't people realize how humidity just it's that you can't you can't cover for it. You can't even no matter how much you layer, it just it just blows right through you. It chills you to the bone. It's awful, man. But but hey, whatever. It's winter. That's how it goes. Good good. That's and right. You, do you guys got snow? So you are getting snow. Or you guys got we don't have bit? we don't have snow yet. We just still have just the the wet stuff. We we never know what we're gonna get. It could be snowing on Halloween and uh or it can just not snow until january it just yeah just sucks just roll yeah, in the place i got snow when i came back from kansas right when i right when the plane landed in new york it was like welcome to new york there's snow on the ground yeah but getting into like our actual stuff of substance here you know what i wanted to ask you about before we get into like this actual book which is incredible was the last time you were on with me episode 49 you kind of said to me, I may be done with the whole safe haven series and moving on to different things. And the reason why is from what you were saying, like from what I remember, was that the DOD review process for someone like you who does these black ops books, they basically just like neuter your whole <laughs> idea and you have to change everything. And it seemed like you were kind of frustrated by that because I, you know, there's the genre where you have the guys like Brad Thor, and I don't yeah. think they get that same pushback as you, but you are to me like kind of the, the king of like this underground black ops novel where people want to hear like the really crazy stuff that goes on behind the scenes. And because of that, yeah. you, you get censored, it sounds like. Yeah, I, I mean, it's I'll say that in the in the past um, with the Safe Haven series and even the first part of the Task Force Orange ones. Um, I, I, I felt like they were very fair about the changes okay. that they requested. Um, there were certain things that, yes, you could Google and you can find out, yes, it's probably been written by a half a dozen other people. Yeah. Um, but because of a little bit of what I was able to share of my background, they were talking about analytical inferences and yada, 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 didn't want to do it. The TFO stuff, though, that that got pretty hard blocked um, towards the end. And that's where I think I had shared that, you know, I'd gotten kind of an aside conversation with one of the uh, reviewers who'd said, you're going to have a hard time with this. Why, why um, is that, JT? I mean, again, forgive me so, for missing. I just, yeah, give me the background of, of, of why, since it is a fiction. I know it's fiction, but I, I get it. You know, being yeah. friends with Brad Thorne, Jack Carr, and I, I get that, but it still is fiction. So what, what was the issue, man? Uh, in the TFO stuff, it had a lot more to do with the signal stuff and the technology, even though Snowden had written a lot about it already <laughs> yeah, um, and yeah. released it. So again, I think it, I, I don't know, um, you know, if I, so I have to submit to CIA, NSA and yeah. DOD yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. the way that they did it was I used to submit directly to CIA. They would pass it up to NSA. They would pass it up to DOD. They changed it around on me where they said DOD is going to take the lead, but yet I couldn't submit to DOD without submitting to CIA mm -hmm. first. Yep. But yet they would say I had to submit it to <laughs> DOD first. <laughs> so I got really kind of trapped up in that whole thing and then trying to reach back out to them. And, and again, there's some really great people over there. And I said, I need to sit, get this over to you guys. Even if we're not letting DOD know, can I still just 
do my obligation to send it to you guys first? They said, no, because we're having to log it in. There are records and stuff like this. And if this is the protocol, you have to go to DOD. And I said, but don't you see my problem? And they're like, yeah, we do. Somebody yeah. <laughs> over at DOD doesn't want you to. So I kind of tracked it through DOD and it kind of went up to SOCOM, JSOC. And they're like, just don't want this one really touched. So okay. that was that was probably the biggest issue. Now, that being said, and I, I think I shared it with Ian, if I were making millions of dollars off of these things and I had a huge following, there's sure. probably a workaround and I'd probably be able to have somebody, you know, go and have a meeting and make things yeah. happen. Um, but I'm not. And so it's just kind of me against the machine. Um, I want to be respectful. Obviously, there's something that they've got a problem with. I've always kind of followed whatever they recommended and made those changes. So I'm not sure what that was. So I, I just, you know, decided give it some time, you know, administrations sure. change, people yeah. change and stuff. Let's let it go. So in the meantime, I've been writing for a gun rag, um, tactical life, um, yeah. doing the, uh, yeah, the, no. the, the Drake Wolf uh, series. Yeah. And so Lone Wolf is now out there. So I'm kind of covering him in that, you know, just to keep the character going, get sure. people introduced to him. And then we can kind of go back. Um, uh, 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 Jack Murphy just recently had a, a Sade guy on his show. And uh, a lot of people aren't really that knowledgeable about him. And so I think now that people are kind of understanding a little bit more about Sade, sure. how that fits in with signals and stuff, there may be time to resurrect. But again, I don't have a massive following. And so I think it's hard to justify to publishers. Let's sure. Say, hey, I'm going to be able to put this out there. It's going to be great. But you may have to wait a year for me to get the approvals and maybe we'll do this. And they're like, yeah, don't do that. Just do something else. And I've never felt really good about telling a story by just kind of being boxed into a hole and saying, write something about this. Yeah. I mean, I could, yeah, if you say, you know, write about four kids that are, you know, becoming superheroes and stuff like that, I could probably craft a story like that, but it's kind of dialing it in. And I usually like to feel something more. And I liked the character or like some of these things. So that was kind of the passion. I felt like I was, you know, somewhat cheating it. And, you know, sure. again, if, if somebody's paying me $200,000, I'm sure I would have a completely different opinion and say, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll be a whore. I can, I can make this work. No problem. So well, do you, do you think, and I, I get the feeling sometimes even NARS, of course, wasn't fiction. Um, yeah, but I, I do understand the process and how difficult it can get. We, we did have to hire a clearance attorney just because it was, yeah, well, it, again, different, different genre and different, and it, ours, you know, polit politicians did want to censor a lot of that. And yeah. so the agency, but do you think nowadays they're setting all these hoops and obstacles and just, it's, it's like a way to tell you not to do it, but if we make so many obstacles, you're going to quit. You're not going to, you're not going to go forward with it. So it's just, it's just a way to say ah, they can still do it legally or you can still do it JT. But you know what, if we put enough obstacles in front of them, He'll probably not want to do it and he'll quit. And, and I honestly, I that that was a mode that we used to to vet people as well. It's, it's like a vetting yeah. process or or just a way to say, yeah, you, you, we don't want you to do it, but we can't tell you that. But let's just put as many obstacles in your path. So eventually he's just going to say, not to hell with it. I'm not doing it. And and really, they've won with that without even having to get in a fight. Do you, do you think that that's why it's gotten worse or in your opinion, I get it, but please, I'd like to hear it. 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know that my Tantoisms should say, you know, <laughs> get back on the horse, uh, turn the negatives into positive, pick myself back up. Um, I don't know. It's just, here's the thing, because I'm out of that space now, I mean, yeah. I don't even have many, con I don't have any contacts at JSOC right now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I don't know. So if it's worth more to them for me not to do it, who am I to say, well, hell, I'm just going to do it anyway. Um, because I knew what I was getting into at the beginning and, and that are... I really shouldn't be sharing certain things. And so even though I'm saying, Hey, I'm just telling a story. I'm not going into all kinds of details and I'm not getting into the sexy stuff. That's the one thing that I've learned over years with Brad Thor is it's more important to tell the story and just sure. be accurate around the details, but it's not so important to have all the secret, sure. secret details that are like sexy. And that's one of the things that I think I, I inflated my ego with initially when I started writing the books was I know more stuff about this topic than a lot of other people do. So I'm going to go out there. I'm going to be like super popular and people are going to read my stuff because they're going to love me. And they're like, well, that's cool stuff, but you've layered in so much crap. If you would have taken that stuff out and figured out how to write Maybe we would have bought your books. Gotcha. And so I think that's where I've been trying to evolve of saying, if I can still tell stories that matter to people, yeah. is it that I'm soaking my ego? Why do I have to stay with TFO stories? Are people asking for them? Not really. Am I exposing something wrong? Not really. I think it was ego driven because I knew something more than somebody else. Nobody else was covering it. And I said, I want to be that guy. Gotcha. I want to be special. And I think that, probably that self-reflection on why I went into this, this other book that ended up being more horror was, I think I was just trying to be pure and tell a story. And I think that's where I'm trying. I, I think the next step for me is to just sit back and say, what am I good at? What is the purpose of this? What are the outcomes I'm looking for? I mean, right now, nobody's going to be paying me more than a day job to write. So it's still got to be a little bit of a hobby. Um, I can't hire attorneys. I can hardly afford, you know, the, the editors for some of these things and, uh, and stuff. So, so it's <laughs> yeah. like, you know, what, what am I doing? If the audience was saying, Holy crap, we just read this gun rag and we're like, we love Drake Wolf. And I see that that there are hundred thousand people that are following them are saying, damn it, write that book. I'd yeah. probably write that book, but you know, 15 guys, 20 guys that are saying, we love it. What are we going to do? I'm like, unless we got to go fund me here, guys. <laughs> Not much I can do, you know. It's a business. If it don't well, make dollars, it don't make sense. Yeah, yeah I love, people forget that. And and honestly, brother Tatsuzans, you are you haven't quit. You're. I tell people of obstacles. It's not always smart to go right through. I mean, don't be a marine and go right through the damn thing. Sometimes it's okay to go around it, and that's essentially what you're doing. Is I'm just. I'm just dodging and weaving. I'm I'm serpentining and I'm I'm getting to where I need to be. And that's to me. You're still you're still writing. You're still being positive. You're and. I, to, from what I'm hearing, you're growing because you're yeah. you're going into another area, which maybe you wouldn't have went into if you wouldn't have had difficulty 
with these obstacles. I, I think that's a perfect t-shirt. Honestly, I'll have to think of something. We'll, we'll get a saying out of this. I'll make a talk to us about it. But, but it, to me, I, I think that's great for our listeners out there too. When you're on obstacles, you haven't quit. Just keep moving. That's And, and maybe something else will come of it. Like the horror, like the horror stuff you got into now, which is really freaking awesome. And that's, you know, that's, what's funny too, because somebody, a family friend said, why are you moving into horror? And I look back and I said, if you read or have read any of my books, every single one of those, by definition, is a horror book. Um, they don't have the supernatural element, but they've got that heavy element of dread. Yeah. Uh, they've got the, the really some some pretty gruesome stuff that could go under extreme horror. And then you've got the body horror stuff. And if I look back and do some of the stuff that I talked about for interrogation, which has happened. And if I think about, you know, some of the first stuff that I cut my teeth on. Um, as an intel analyst was Sudan, even after the wow. big massacre. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, you look at 2000 pictures of dead kids, bodies that have been chopped up and stuff like that, that changes you. I don't care what you say. And yeah. so everything that, that I have experienced and, and I haven't been on the battlefield like you have, Chris. And so if you were to write anything, I mean, technically, that could be horror the way that yeah. it's depicted if you're telling the truth of the sights, the smells, the sounds yeah. that are that that are really, you know, gripping. And so I think that, yes, this one might fall into a category. I've been writing this the whole time because that's just the darkness that's still kind of in me that when I tell the story, it's just, it's just I can't I can't escape it in who these characters are, because I think that's what they've seen. That's what they're doing. Wow. Yeah, that's well said. Ian, I didn't mean to cut you off there, brother, did I? No, I no, not I, I at all. I, the, the thing I was going to ask is I do want to get into this book, but you know what I wanted to ask prior when you were talking about the ego thing of like, I wanted to get this out there. I want to be the guy. What I'm wondering, because I just think of the guys we've had on and yeah, there's military authors like Jack Carr who've been in the military, but uh, I don't know of any. Are you the only guy who has written these types of books with an intelligence background like yours? No, no. I, well, uh, like me, um, I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I haven't seen it. That was a pretty tight community of some of the things that I was doing. Uh, I, nobody's done that, but I've got a good friend, Joe Goldberg, who's written some of the best stuff on CIA. Uh, he also had worked under Dewey Claridge, his seventh floor stuff. I can't believe what they've allowed. It's not that it's exposing, but there's just so much great detail. So if anybody that's in Hollywood is ever looking for that, how that, that, that advisor who talks about what it's like up there, Joe nails it. Wow. Um, the, the darker black op stuff, which ends up bringing in that commercial stuff, the, um, the personas and the, the building, the platforms and stuff like that, you know, maybe some of the guys that have, written something like the Mossad things there may be someone out there but yeah the be and and again remember some of my stuff is is was kind of conspiracy laden and stuff and so that was all you know false but no I don't see too many folks that have been in that space writing what I did and sharing that uh not not the details but that 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 atmosphere that the the ecosystem that is involved so I still think that's kind of unique. Um, I, again, I, I don't know that 
and because that is, gets into really gray stuff, it gets into almost noir because people want to see a guy on a white horse, so, you know, wearing the white yeah. hat and they want to have yeah. that good ending. And so when you got this guy who's not really an anti-hero, but he's just kind of a piece of shit, you know, sometimes people are like, I can't even root for this guy because he's just a bad dude. And I'm like, but that's, you guys yeah. say you wanted black ops. This is what black ops is. These yeah. are, you know, people that may have moral grayness and the ending yeah. isn't going to be clean. The ending is going to be kind of like the guys that's like, screw you and maybe just smokes them for no reason at the end yeah. um that's that's what it is but ultimately i think people are like yeah maybe i don't want that you know it's kind of like <laughs> someone that says i want extreme horror and then the page two they're like oh shit i don't want i don't this is not, i don't want to read this stuff and i think that's kind of what i'm dealing with with this this even the whispers of a gypsy is someone's calling this splatterpunk and an extreme horror well not really, but kind of by definition, but I don't want to be put in that same category of like genital mutilations and stuff yeah. like that, because that, this this came out of the story. It wasn't like I sat there and I'm like, I'm going to really hype this up. If anything, I was like, I, I want to pull back from that so that you don't miss the story part of it. And so it's, wow. it's, it's hard, but and uh, so I don't know. So I think even you know, going back to really your question, I, I kind of mess around with it, but it, um, yeah, I think I still am probably one of the very few that is writing the true stuff. But then I ask, do people really want to read that? And I think the answer is maybe not so much. You know, it's kind of a looking in the mirror of who we are as Americans, policymakers and things like that. And it's not like I'm throwing dirt, but it's just that's sometimes how you get things done. Well, yeah. And challenging morality. I think everybody thinks they're moral until they read something that they've done that's immoral. Like, wait a second, maybe I'm not as moral as I. I think I, I think I am. And I, I, you know, personally, I went through a lot of that, or you do things that, that it's like making up. I'm doing a, I, and I'm using a, a terrible reference. I, I love the movie Constantine. I do. I, I love yeah. that. It's the, and he's trying to, you know, get himself into heaven by, because of the massive sin he doing by doing a lot of great things. Uh, I think a lot of people think that's how I feel. I'm doing a lot of great things. So I'm allowed to do a little bit of this awful dark stuff on the side and the way you write, I mean, that's essentially that that is that's real. That's what real life is. And when people read that, when I used to read that from and most of my stuff, like I'm glad you're writing for tactical life, because honestly, that's how I would get into a lot of these books is I'd read a, an excerpt from a magazine on a flight or something like, oh, shit, I got to go pick up that book. And so you're doing you're doing awesome, man. By doing that, you're 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 bringing more readers in because that's how I got into into a lot of reading. Um, but it was reading that and like, man, that sounds like me, man. Am I, I'm, I really am a piece of shit. Let me see if I need to fix myself here. So I, I, whether people want to read it as far as the numbers or not, I'll tell you what it does. It does help. It really does. It helped me realize that maybe I'm not as good as I need to be. So let me, let me, let me, I need to fix myself. This is, this is something it's, 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 it's looking something, looking at yourself in the mirror. Yeah. And um, so I, yeah, whether you've, the numbers are there or not. Um, and they are, brother, you're a great writer. I come on, you're, you've been writing forever and, and you've got the background to, to write about it. I, I hope you keep writing because you're going to help somebody, a young kid like me that reads that and like, okay, I need to start fixing myself because I'm not as good as I think I would, not good morally as I think I yeah. am. And, um, and I think, you know, that's, thank you for that. And, um, but I think that that's also one of the things I did aspire to on the, you know, the Black Ops and the Sean Havens when the TFO was, you do have a lot of people that think I, I, I want to be in 
Strikeouts. Yeah. I want to be blackout. I can't tell you the amount of people that are like, I want to get into this. And so how can I go that way? You know, and, and I think by putting it out there, like it may not be so cool and, and you may not be able to put some of those things away. I hope in some cases that does help people, or I think some people that may have certain tendencies sure. may say, I, maybe this is a, a fit for me. And yeah, <laughs> tendency. I like how you said it's just kind of those tendencies, those homicidal, moral, immoralistic tendencies. I, um, yeah, there, there are a few of those people out there and go and lie. And a lot of, sometimes I'd like them right next to me if I needed them for certain points, but, uh, yeah, it's hard to live that life forever. Um, yeah, I, I when you guys talk and forgive me, uh, the last episode that you had, you know, I, did you you got in your career a little bit, or did, I don't want to rehash stuff, but you know, I I don't know a lot about your your career. Sorry, from what you did, but I didn't know how you got into it. I, you know, a lot just from stuff I've read. But I'd like to hear it from the. You're not a horse, but from the horse's mouth, I like to hear it from the from the. Yeah, it, it, why I did kinda, you change I, that route? So I kind of backed into it. Um, when I, when I was in high school, I, I thought I was going to be in, uh, in either the military or law enforcement. And so I started shooting with the uh, junior, uh, rifle team with the police department. Yeah. I spent a lot of time at the police department. Um, there was a Marine sniper there that taught me a lot, but he also taught me about how he had been in Vietnam. Most of his crew was, was killed by friendly fire from, from the Navy. Wow. And so he had said, you know, maybe think about, he goes, you know, you're building the, the, uh, the shooting skills right here. He's like, you know, you're pretty creative, pretty smart. You may want to think about um, special, special operations, special forces. And one of my friends, his dad had passed away and uh, had been killed in, in Vietnam. Uh, I saw on his birthday when they told him that his dad wasn't his dad. Uh, it was a different guy before who had died. Here's the beret. Here's the bronze statue. So he, he, did, like he didn't know. He had he grew up with another uh, step. To like my, a step. Yeah, to my re recollection, I can't remember exactly because I can't remember what I'd made up in my head and written in the book and versus what the other. And, but to the best of my knowledge, I remember it kind of being like a, a very pivotal moment. Uh, and, you know, dad being there or maybe it was just that he knew so much less. But this was the time that he was supposed to get like that box. And I was there. For it. it was just me, him, you know, dad, mom right there. Wow. And so, and, but I also remember how the dad had kind of treated the, the beret um, and, and put it on his head. And, uh, and I, I was, I was, something moved in me. And I did write that in the first book, Shadow Masters, about how this kid felt. And I, I mean, I just, it was true, but I fictionalized it. Um, but I still remember at that time that this guy had died family's here and even though this kid's dad stepdad was was really a nice guy the way that in my eyes he disrespected that beret and the memory of that man um pissed the shit out of me and so i thought okay so maybe i can go special forces but who then is doing the intel or protecting those guys the best of the best and so that's what then i thought i wanted to do Hey, hope you guys are enjoying this interview with JT Patton. Uh, we really go all over the place and, if, you know, in a good way. We go through his background and in intelligence. We get into the new novel, his past novels, 
And uh, yeah, this is a good one, I thought. So uh, before we continue, Fort Scott Munitions is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition that's designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition, their trademark, yep. outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 states, as well as on their website at fsm.com. Yeah. Or now I know because I wasn't there the last time, but the most <laughs> recent time, uh, if you're ever in Fort Scott, Kansas, go to the actual Fort Scott Munitions store. And yeah. I have to say, man, I think you will be blown away. Uh, it is a better ammo store, better guns and ammo store than honestly anything I've ever been to, which is mainly in you know, New York, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Connecticut, and most of those are pretty small, bare bones. Um, that place is, I mean, they're stocked up. It's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. And it's one of the old, old buildings that was originally built in Fort Scott, one of the old manufacturing buildings with the big corn silos right next to it. And as they, they just a tremendous group of people to go in there and they got a lot of great gear and it is the Tonto Mecca yeah. <laughs> it's where, where they actually have parts where we got books and and you know the the uh, flags that have been given to me that are put down there, and and just uh, other things that we use, whether it's the weapon systems, not just Fort Scott munitions, but also they also have uh, uh, some of the uh, some of the um, uh, targets that we use and so forth as far as battle on targets. So it's a very great, great just atmosphere down there, and just a great bunch of people. Not just the ammo being the best in the best in the world, my opinion, best in the world, but also. Fort Scott, it's a cool environment, and you saw that firsthand and how, oh, yeah. how awesome it is to be in there. So uh, if you're ever in Fort Scott, check out Fort Scott Munitions Shop. But if not, you know, definitely get on their website. And a good stocking stuffer right now is Battle Line. I wish I had some. Although so, although it's going to be the day after Christmas. Ah, so. shit. So <laughs> you missed the stocking stuffer next year or for birthdays. You know, they also carry all the Battle Line, Battle Line tactical stuff we have, especially the Gun Lube that is amazing, made by Boogaloob out there in Alabama. So. Tremendous, yeah, tremendous if you're there, just uh, for all the Tonto stuff, walk to the back of the store. You'll see a ton of stuff. Um, yeah. Come out there. It, it really is cool. And as you were saying, in terms of the people, like everyone that they hire is so well versed. Like yeah. you're you're going to get someone who really knows exactly what you're yeah. looking for or has the knowledge. And if they don't have the knowledge, they'll know someone in the store who does because it's a good combination of people who are hunters and then some guys who have served in the military, some who maybe haven't. So they'll have someone who is a specialty in terms of like what you need to know. Yeah. And and there's something to be said about like Fort Scott, like the company is that big fish in the small pond because you yeah. drive around there and you see Fort <laughs> Scott every, like here in you know Connecticut or New York, People do know Fort Scott who shoot, but it's not, I don't walk around every day seeing Fort Scott t-shirts and all that, but yeah. I, I went into Walmart and I'm seeing like little kids with Fort Scott <laughs> munitions hoodies and I'm driving around and I'm seeing Fort Scott munitions yeah. stickers, everything like they are that big fish in the small pond of that town. I feel like they are the brand that everyone knows in that town. And that yeah. was just cool to see. Yeah, they, they, they're, they make good ammunition. And obviously out here, the, tons of hunters out here so what are they going to use especially if it's here 
Um, yeah. And I think they, they like that being that big fish in a small town, which is good. I, I agree. They don't ever want to compete with the Federals and Hornadies and SIGs as far as their marketing being out, you know, just crazy because you can't control the quality of your product when you're that big. Um, they do are big, a big company and they can't per, get MOT out there wherever you need to, wherever you are in, anywhere in the United States. But what I know with Ryan Craft over there is that getting to the size of a SIG with ammunition or Hornady or Federal, uh, they're just too monstrous. Daniel Defense is known as far as guns go. You can't control the quality of all of your product. And that's why their product is the best and better than all those companies I just stated because they have that control because they are smaller. They have more control of what they put out the door. And that says a lot for the integrity of their company. 100%. Couldn't say it better. So yeah, use the exclusive promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off at fsm.com. Only available to listeners of the Battleline podcast, Fort Scott Munitions, is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, Battleline Tactical, and the Battleline podcast. FSM.com, promo code Battleline. Also, courageous, brave, heroic. The words yeah. used by the apparel brand Thadia to recognize the everyday individuals to athletes to those who protect us. Thadia was created with the sole purpose to inspire individuals to personify their courage and bravery. With the use of advanced garments, Thadia provides the performance and functionality you expect from your apparel while exemplifying you. See the full line of Thadia products and yeah. the Thadia KTP apparel line at Thadia.com. Use the promo code Thadia KTP to get 15% off your order. That's T-H-A-D-D-E-A-K-T-P, all one word, Thadia KTP, and you get 15% off. Thadia, inspired by the heroic and worn by the courageous and brave thadia.com t-h-a-d-d-e-a.com promo code thadia ktp so i get into army rotc uh in college um i didn't really uh, i didn't have the maturity to accept the the conventional side of things that i should have known because i just didn't see the big picture i have to know that as an advisor i just like i i need to be in the jungle come on why you know and making my own decisions (laughs) Um, and, and I still remember that, you know, it was, uh, it was for Ranger challenge, um, and to get our flash and beret, you know, we had to do certain things. So I'm on the field FTX and I'm with a Ranger buddy that I got assigned to. I didn't like, we're supposed to do our land nav stuff, go into our compass things. He's taking me in wrong directions. I'm like, I know where to go. I left that dude. I left him in the dark and I got lost too, based on where he was, but I found some. Uh, I flagged somebody down on the road. They gave me a ride back a few miles. I mean, it was kind of like a Robin Sage thing. I'm the guy pulling up into camp. I'm like, I kick ass because I made it back and I figured out the way to do it. I ended up sitting by the campfire doing burns because I left my ranger butt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you know, a couple months later, you know, we're still going for our brand flash. I had to do my 12 mile road march. Um, my my real ranger buddy that i was good friends with and stuff you know he and i are gung-ho we're filling our backpack our alice packs you know with like rock and stuff and i think we had about 75 pounds instead of the 50 of just like clothes and sand or whatever and about three miles in um he collapses and uh, and the cadre's all there and they're like swanson just just go and i'm like no no no, i'm gonna stay i because it's like you stay by your wingman and that, that was kind of what it was like. I'm, I'm not leaving. Um, I'm not leaving him. And they're, they're like, you got to go. You got to go. You're not going to finish. I'm like, I'm staying with Dan. And finally, they're like, we have to take him to the hospital now. And you got to go because you can't come with us. So I finished my ruck 
and I was two minutes behind uh, uh, what I needed to do to get my beret in flash. And again, I didn't have Tonto there, so I didn't have the Tonto wisdoms <laughs> to tell me that it was okay. And all I could think about is I'm not wearing that fucking floppy hat again for yeah. another six months. And if I don't have my brain flash, I wasn't with my peers that, that yeah. elevated to that. And so it was kind of like getting washed out. And, and I was just saying, screw it. I'm, I'm not going to do it. And the um, Sergeant Major had been um, special forces and, and he kind of took me and he says, look, maybe it's not right for you. Maybe it's not the right time for you. And he made an introduction to me to a CIA recruiter. No way. And, this isn't, this is in college during ROTC. Yeah. So, oh, and, and so the, but the CIA recruiter was, was coming to the school anyway. So it wasn't like, I'm calling up Washington. Here's your guy. And you know, Mitch Rapp and here's the guy for you. And, and so like it's like, really, this dude isn't going to make it with us. So maybe he'll make it with you. And, and, you know, at the time my dad had been in the army, he was drafted. I got uncles with Gima and stuff. And they're like, you just aren't probably cut for what that's going to take. Um, but I still wanted to do that type of work. So the guy made an introduction to me. Um, I, when I finally graduated, I went through a number of those interviews. I was still a little bit young. They introduced or introduced me to other people, blah, blah, blah. I end up kind of waiting for my couple months or a couple, uh, yeah, a couple months for clearances and stuff like that and whatnot. And, uh, I, um, I got into some commercial work and, and doing, you know, finance and yeah. consulting and stuff. And so I started learning about other things. And then when the opportunity came for me to be an Intel analyst, I was like, I, I don't want that. I want, I want to be an ops gotcha. and I'm not going to get where I want to be. And so they're like, you're just too young. You don't have the experience. Just gotcha. keep in touch with some guys. So the guy that I kept in touch with ended up, I went to grad school. He, um, um, I got to, I got permission to have him as my special advisor and I started doing some work for him. And, uh, and that guy's name was Dewey Claridge. Wow. Um, and so we'll just leave it at that, that I kept doing some of the commercial work I was doing, got a foot in the door post nine wow. 11 had worked with some guys uh, at Phoenix and do, even doing competitive intelligence. I was doing, you know, elicitation and learning certain things and it kind of dovetailed me into an, an opportunity. Um, wow. A few years after that, I had learned about supply chain, more consulting type things, electronics and stuff. And um, somebody asked me, uh, I was with a group of people and they said, we're having a problem now. I mean, now we've gotten into the Gulf Wars and stuff like that. Uh, they're like, do you know anything about IEDs? Because we need somebody that can yeah. figure out a way to counter them. And so I said, you know, kind of looked around the room. Nobody else had said yes. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, and then I figured it out. And so the first kind of foray into that was doing counter IED stuff um, in, in breaking down the system, social systems, cultural systems, and that resonated, uh, that was applied. And before, I think then somebody introduced me to uh, Fast Eddie, uh, been an adult guy, uh, and he was without SOCOM. They introduced me to other people. Before I knew it, I had some opportunities and then was working with uh, intelligence community and so come. So you did know I, or did you just raise your hand and said, I know it, I'm going to figure it out on the fly thinking, okay, I'm pulling this shit out of my ass. I really don't know. I, but did you know a lot about IEDs at that time? Or were you just, I, I knew, no, I knew nothing. But I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew more than anybody else in yes. that room. 
And and I the same thing later on happened when somebody's trying to get into Iran. They're like, does anybody else know the supply chain routes of Iran and the social commerce and stuff like that? And just kind of like waiting, looking around, nobody else <laughs> raising. They're like, I do. And you know, they're like, oh, you do. But I'm like, what do you know about it? Well, I can bullshit anything because nobody else really kind of knew. And, and so, but I knew that I because of so I what I kind of left out there was the um, the individual that that green the, the kid that I grew up with whose dad was Green Beret. Um, as an analyst, there was an opportunity to um, get a memorial bracelet. And uh, they said, you know, if you know somebody, you know, you can get that or whatever, because that was your ghost. And so you're supposed to always have your ghost writing with you because you're supposed to think in terms of this is the guy out on the ridgeline that that you're doing this for. And so I think anytime that I ever said yes to something, it was because I was still thinking of the ghost and that I kind of had that on my shoulder as I have to come through because somebody's going out there. And so really, even though it was really never self-serving to say I was going to do that. I mean, yeah, I wanted to maybe be the guy, you know, for it, but, um, but I always had the intent that I was going to give it a thousand percent of my effort. And, uh, and so that's how it worked out. And I, and before I knew it, um, you know, it was just in, you know, the, the 3X capacity and some of the other spaces that well, just lent itself to it. You took chances and that's how you get to where you want to go. You take a chance and whether you know it or not, you throw yourself out of that airplane and the chute opens or it don't, but you don't know if it's going to open unless you throw yourself out of that. That's, that's right. So, so I, I think that's, that says a lot for how people need to act. Even our youngsters need to act more. Hey man, take that chance. Cause look where you ended up. I, you know, did you ever foresee yourself ending up where you finally did? And, and not on the on the on the writing side, but just in the off side, going from no. holy shit, I, I didn't pass my twelve mile in three hour, or what was it? Yeah, three hours to do twelve miles. I think was the standard on the. I did ROTC two green and gold, so it was the Ranger Challenge, and then it sounded like it's the EIB standard. Yeah. Uh, 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 but um, but going from them to where you're at, that's later in your career at the agency. You're sitting around thinking about Iranian supply trade routes. I. Yeah, that says it, a lot for your character, brother. You you could have you could have I could have never imagined the opportunity um, to get a chance to work with Tier One, get a chance yeah. to still back go work into the op side on, on in the Intel space. Um, I still remember getting read uh, read into um, one of the one of the um, Tier One units, and and the guy's like, "Do you know where you are? And do you know what this is?" And I didn't want to say it. I knew where I was, but I didn't want to say is the this, word. Is this, is this a trick question? Are they That's testing right. me? I'm like, I think I do, but I didn't even know that. I didn't know want to say the 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 what everybody else kind of called yeah, it. Yeah. I didn't want to say what the code was that I thought it was. I didn't want to say. Hey, I'm just like, yes, I yes I do. Yes, <laughs> you know, yes I do. And I still remember that that was like me sitting in that chair, looking at that computer screen as they're kind of going through everything, just thinking. This is the coolest thing that I ever could have done. And holy shit, if these guys know that I really don't know exactly what I'm talking about all the time, <laughs> I'm like, how did I get here? And, uh, and, and so, but that was, that was cool. And I, and I do think I did earn my place. That's all. And don't let them fool you, dude. Half the time we didn't know what the fuck we were doing either. But we wanted <laughs> to right. act like, act like we did. And I, I remember doing that with some of the guys that come in and, Hey, let's doing that same thing. Just like you, it wasn't opposite when you got on the, yeah. it's opposite kind of let's fuck with them a little bit. Come on. Let's, let's play secret spook espionage just to have a little fun with them. But uh, now that's, that's awesome, man. Now I, and 
that's a to me that's just an amazing story of perseverance man you're you're fucking live tantoism i need to just get jt Patton put tantoism <laughs> definition of tantoism <laughs> on the back of it shit man make it till you make it yeah but that's <laughs> how, how else are, you're never gonna know everything and if everybody has waits till they know everything that opportunity sometimes pass you by it's like fuck yeah it, take take the chance man and that's you awesome. know i the one of the after a while one of the reasons that i like staying up with tier one or some of the operational units of the agencies and some of the other stuff was because of the fact that people were a lot more open they knew who they were they knew what they had accomplished so i still remember uh, an opportunity i was sitting next to uh scotty miller general miller at a lunch and we're just bullshitting about books and stuff like that and um and, you know, he'd ask me questions and I, I felt like I could say, I don't know. I'd ask him. He's like, I don't know. Like, let's figure it out. And so it's like, I'll ping you later. I'll do this. I felt like there was a little bit with some of the more elite individuals. I did feel like there was that willingness to say, I don't know, I don't but know. we can figure this out together versus people who were trying to get up those rungs that would say, oh, I know what this is. And they really posture for it. And so I think that I fit in a lot better with some of those other 50 pound heads that were sure. carrying the 50 pound rucks going in first um, because they were, they were just, they were open and, and, and pure. And I, and I think that was probably the coolest learning experience that I got out of it. Awesome. Awesome in here. Ian, man, yeah. I know, I know I monopolized brother. Go no, ahead. not at all. Cause I, I didn't get into this with JT. So it's, it's first time hearing it from me as well. I was just going to say like continuing on that story too. Uh, when did the writing come about? Was it just the amount of stuff that you experienced where you said this is material for a book? Or were you the type of guy like I believe Jack Carr said that he always dreamed of becoming an author and was always an avid reader? What was the path for you? Now, so um, I think I've shared before, probably not here. There was there was a particular writer, um, a, a very popular thriller writer at the time and still is. Who had um, who grew up with a friend of mine who was on on kind of the uh, the intel upside, and uh, so he would ping him every now and then say, "Hey, is, uh, this is what I'm writing. Can you take a look at it? And is this is this correct?" And uh, and when when my buddy didn't know, he would ping me asking for a little bit more color. And so it was like really cool. We we're helping out this you know best selling guy, and after a while, I'm talking to my buddy and I'm like, you know, he kind of asks us a lot of stuff. Like, if we know more than he does, we should do this. And he's like, yeah. And so literally, we bet each other a buck to see who could write that first book. And and I I happened to be the one that wrote the book or the book. He paid up. And uh, and, and quickly, as I got it out to the market, tried to sell, you know, solicit it to other people and get an agent and stuff like that. You know, the feedback I was getting is like, eh, the writing isn't so great. And yeah, this is kind of weird, but you got all these acronyms. Nobody's going to know what it's about. And so that's where I was sharing earlier that those first few books was the, the ghost of that author that I'm like, I'm going to kick your ass. I'm going to be number one. And so, you know, every now and then I'd be close to his book and I'd send a picture. And I'm like, dude, here I am right there, right behind <laughs> you. But what I didn't what I didn't get was. um how how talented and how skilled he was as a writer which which is really what got people to read his books and, and so, so is this is this someone maturity. you think is this someone you think we know yeah 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 but i've been like really kind of a dick about it like the first few years where i'm like that guy was an asshole and this and that and, you know he didn't help me out blah, 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 you know suck my thumb but but it helped me because i i i 
I wouldn't have learned how to maybe write had it not been him because I refused to absolutely quit writing until I got to where he was. And then I finally looked back and I'm like, I'm never going to get to where he was or he is or was because I'm not him and he's better than I will ever be because he's got different skills and how I'm coming about it is different. And so it was okay for me to just say, I can be a storyteller too. I don't have to be as good as him. I don't have to beat him because this is about my journey. And, and again, that's just part of that growth. And, you know, <laughs> shit, it took me until I was 53. And I, I think I started writing when I was like 43. So, wow. you know, you still can learn. And, yeah. and, I, and I, I thank him for that growth and opportunity because I do believe that at the time when I was looking for a little assistance, he knew I had to go through the journey to know what it was about and what it was to be able to get to that next level. So it's all, it's all good. All good. So, so what's the uh, deal though? You. Like, were you a paid consultant or do you feel like you were kind of used for your knowledge and he no, just, no, 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 no. I, I think that he just, you know, he would ask questions and, and on our own accord, we would try to help him because this was like, cool. I mean, it's like, if you know somebody in Hollywood, you're you just, you know, you want to be associated with them. And, and so, and you want to help and you're like, Hey, how about this? How about this? But it's just kind of when you get that, it's like that evil musings, you know, when you're like that, that lackey, you know, to the king. And then you're like, maybe we could be king. <laughs> it can't be so hard. So, no, it was just by me being a shithead that it was like, I, I, I want this. And I, and I think, again, you know, kind of messes in my head like, I, I, we're being used. He's, he's, he's using us. We're not even seeing the money and he's making millions, yeah. you know. And so it just, ah, it's just, you know, our own insecurities and just you, you sort of are though to some extent because i feel like at this point in your career right because i mean the same thing happens to me with some extent i'll get messages on instagram or stuff and they're like hey could you hook us up with this guy and get this guy on my podcast yeah. and, you know I, I i really don't mind helping people out i you know i try not to be selfish in that way but at a certain point you're like all right you're gonna have to hire me for some type of job for yeah. you because yeah you're using my years of experience to help you out with something. And for you, I'm sure at this point, if some best-selling author said, I never worked in intelligence, I want to know about the tier one units, I would think at this point you would say, all right, you're going to have to pay me something. And that would be yeah. fair. That would be fair, yeah. JT. I, I, I think, though, at this point, because I, I do feel that even though I may not have been a bestseller, I'm at a mid-list mid thing, the, really the thriller community is so collaborative. And, and really, it's, it's a tight-knit group. Um, I think that there are as many people that I'm willing to help that, that have helped me. Um, a good friend of mine, Mark Greeny, is, you know, on occasion, he's said, hey, what do you think of this? Maybe can you read it? You know, not like I need your help. It's just, you know, does this sound plausible? That dude read like the first three chapters of my book, just willing to do it uh, when I was starting out. And he went down and he edited it. And he says, follow my lead. What Sorry. happened? Did we lose Siri, you? Siri, right. Siri jumped in. Okay. Um, <laughs> get it, get back in your box. Um, <laughs> so he, he, uh, he like, he edited, he's like, follow some of these suggestions that I have and, and use that as kind of your go forward. So no, I, I remember that grace that he afforded me. And so anytime somebody is saying, what, what are your thoughts? Um, you know, I'm happy to do it these days. I'm so far removed from it. I, I don't even, I, there's not much I can really give people, um, that, that are like details because I think now I have learned that it's less about the details that people sure. are looking for. And it's still about what's inside of that person. And I don't think anybody's asked me that yet. Um, so 
So no, I think I think it just it, it works out, and I'm I'm happy to help as as best I can. Oh, that's awesome! Awesome to hear, brother. I mean, that's so so humility, and I. But I know if, if there's ever a point, I try to help out. But if if you are smashed with people just asking, asking, asking you, there does come a point, just like you said, where you're like, man, I, I I'm being used here. But it takes yeah. that amount of uh, it does. It, but being a good person like you are, and you do have a a, a plethora of knowledge. Uh, on what you're doing as far as writing and then also the background uh, within the agency. Uh, I don't know if you got into any stories that um, op stories you can talk about with the end on the last one, but I know always, we always with guys that come on what you can talk about. I don't yeah. want to get you, I don't want to get you in trouble with the board reviewing, no, no. but man, even funny, just, just the goofiest shit. That, Cause I, I think people, if they listen to our show, they understand now that, Combat actually is goofier than shit or just being in country. There's so many, it's so much goofy stuff. That's fun. That goes on. And where they thought it was just the cool guy blowing stuff up, shooting rounds. You know, do you have any, I want any, any good ludicrous. Those have to be funny. It can be completely ridiculous stories, ridiculous so, stories. Man. I'll, give, I'll give you two. I'll give you two. And, and this is one I, I know it's come up from, from Ian before. It's not necessarily a war story so much, but this always, I guess, gets some interest in that. But um, there's, there's, there's two. There's the first one is again when I finally kind of got into this community, and again, I'm, I'm still the 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 guy on the outside, uh, and in most cases, I'm just a booger eater. You know, I'm not even, I'm not an operator. I'm just an <laughs> intel dude. And, and so this, because I knew something about this particular area and stuff where these guys were going, I was going to be part of this crew. So, you know, in walk the studs and we're kind of in the group and, and not as a lot of these guys really even knew themselves either. Cause there's kind of a, a smattering of guys okay. from different places. And they said, you know, just for the sake of OPSEC and stuff, let's just kind of go to call signs um, just because <laughs> it's just the best thing to do in this situation. And we had a couple foreign guys and stuff. So that was the best thing. So the guys like, well, what do you, how do you want to do it? They're like, well, let's just do it like bears. And so I'm like kind of just sitting there kind of towards the back. They're kind of in there. And so the guy's like, oh, be black bear, be brown bear, grizzly bear, Kodiak bear. I'm like, shit, I'm, you're running out of bears. And, and I'm like, you know, polar bear. And I'm like, oh, shit, I don't even know. Well, when I was in Indian Guides, I, I was bear claw. So I'm like, I'll, I'll, I'll just be bear claw. Oh, no. Like, <laughs> What is a bear claw? Like a donut? The guy's like, dude, there's no such thing as a bear claw as a donut. And like, yeah, it is like a pastry thing. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a fritter. The guy like fritter. That's that's fritter. I was fritter. And for the longest time, when I saw some of these other guys again, if I had like my notebook out or something like that, they'd write down, you know, fritter. That is, that, dude, that is an awesome <laughs> call sign. You see, did you embrace that? That's your call sign. Then, it just it? it just kind of was, you know, but it, again, I think I left back at home. So it's like, you know, if anybody needed anything, they just refritter, but it wasn't like, you know, you're you're <laughs> that's you know. dude, that <laughs> so, is one of the best call sign stories. And I've been through a lot. That's a, one of the best ones I've ever heard. That your call. Sign, I always tell people it's like Harry Potter's wand, dude. The call sign finds you. You don't find your call That's sign. You don't make your own. The call sign will find you, and it just fits. That is fucking perfect. I was thinking you're going to say 
call me gummy bear. That's what I was thinking. No. <laughs> but honestly, the fritter story is even better. I love that. That's uh, fucking so, awesome. so that that's one. The other one was um, years later. I was uh, I used I worked a lot with uh, Dave Grange, General Grange, and. So he was starting a company, asked if I could come in there and help wow. as an Intel dude. Hey, that's so, ra- that's a ra- Ranger legend, man. That's fucking yeah. Ranger Hall of Famer, big time. Yeah, good, wow. Good guy. But but he, with all the legend and stuff, I could still say hands down, he, uh, with maybe a couple college buddies, are the guys that I've laughed the hardest with <laughs> in my <laughs> whole awesome. life. He's that's just awesome. a hilarious dude. So we've got this project. It's a commercial project where this guy was embezzling uh, money from his uh, from his company, or actually, we thought it was somebody else. And so, so he had a Dave had a lawyer, and they're asking, you know, to, could we do this type of stuff? And he's like, you need like a forensic accountant. So once again, I'm like, I can figure that shit out. And so he sends me down to Houston, Texas, and and I'm starting to do this forensic investigation. And it turns into a bigger thing. We find out that it's not who we thought it was, but it was actually the owner of the company that was stealing the money. And I, I guess it's, it's public knowledge. His name's uh, Dave Brown or Dr. Brown was the, 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 the hand surgeon down there. Wow. So we end up kind of taking over the company to kind of govern it and stuff like that. Well, it, it, this place turned into like a circus and all of a sudden Grange is coming down there and then we're getting death threats and bomb threats because lo and behold there's drugs involved there's guns involved there's mafia wow. involved and stuff like this so he's bringing in dudes from the unit he's bringing ex you know cops and stuff well, i got colonel tim heineman is like kind of running the operations center there and stuff and we're doing all this stuff and you know, we got guys rolling in heavy with suburbans that are you know bulletproof <laughs> and stuff yeah. like that and and you know after a while we're having to manage this company not a lot of us knew how to manage a medical company and so this dude had um had a a a farm and on the farm he had all these exotic animals and so as the company is going bankrupt and we're trying to figure out how to manage the company we couldn't really figure it out so start selling the animals (laughs) so so there's like days when like we can't make payroll what are we gonna do we gotta sell a giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, where where is this? It's in Houston. Houston. Oh, okay, because wow. I was thinking of like like Tiger King and all that crazy <laughs> shit in like northern Florida almost, where people buy that almost. stuff. And like, uh, we need what do we have left? We need like three gazelles. Do we how have the, three gazelles? How the fuck do you sell a giraffe? Would you go on eBay and put up? How'd you? How'd you <laughs> they're like brokers. I don't know. I mean, they probably had like some like nine year old guy taking a last shot or something put in his backyard. I don't know. Maybe it went to the meat. I don't know. But I could tell you that they were like, after a while, the only way we could save this company is like playing Noah's Ark and like pick that one or give me an emu, you know? Well, was it, was it like those characters on Tiger King? Was it those type of like crazy you know it was like it was caricature every guy that that we were involved with was a caricature of what he could be should be and it was nuts i mean we were out there like trying to find like the holy grail like drilling safes and shit like that because it was like we went into like bosnia or something but it was really just this medical thing. And I think we probably went a little bit over the top in some of this stuff, but it's it what we knew. So how would we, how would you win and influence people in the hearts and minds? And how would you do this? And we had like briefing and Heinemann sometimes is like doing a Carver thing. And all these doctors are looking at it like, what's Carver? You know? <laughs> but, but it was, it was, it was good time. And 
You know? That does sound like 100 percent and then some, man. You guys really did as far as going in there and doing everything. I how I I, I know this is probably a ridiculous question, but I, no. how how much was the giraffe? How much did you sell the giraffe? For? So it comes up things. everywhere, and I swear to God, I was just sitting here looking. I'm like, I got it in a text someplace because I knew at some time somebody was asking us, like, <laughs> what did we sell that giraffe for? And I'm like. I know I asked somebody, but where did I put it? But so I can't remember like how many thousands of dollars the thing was, but I'll, I'll follow back up when I find out again, what, <laughs> That's the, nuts. what that was and exactly what we sold. But That's that nuts. is a wild story, man, because it's like with the guests we've had on, you know, these stories are amazing, but you hear so many door kicker type stories. There's no story I've heard really comparable to that. So that's kind of and it's in Houston too. It's not like you're in South Africa. So you're just down in I I just imagine how much of that crazy shit actually still goes on in the US. Yeah, I bet just I I mean, what do you think? I I know we're getting long here, but the stuff the stuff goes, I mean, it goes on, but I still think again, I mean, and, and again. We are trying to make some money. And I and you know, you know it with all the guys that are you know, selling coffee and they're selling workout things and stuff like that. Look, you know what, you know, and in some cases you don't know what the hell you're doing. (laughs) And, and, and so I still, I mean, I, I mean, I can't think of the amount of times when we're like in a hotel lobby or just having breakfast and we go back up to the rooms and people are like loading up guns, popping mags and stuff like that, stuffing it. I'm like, we're going into a hand surgeon's place, dude. <laughs> like, yeah, but somebody can come in here. We got locked down and stuff. We got to surround the perimeter. I'm like, dude, I'm... come on. I work for a consulting company. This is not what you do. You put on a tie and you put in your briefcase and you calm them down. You don't lock everything up and say, you guys got to check in before you leave and let me see your badge. I'm like, holy shit, what are we doing here? But yeah, you can take it. Was it. Fun. You could take what is it? You could take the knuckle dragger out of Iraq, but you can't take Iraq out of the knuckle dragger, or vice versa. Would- however, however it goes, I, I've seen that, bro. I've been on the side too, where I've been because I've done EP work as well as doing the the stuff. Yeah, and I have guys like that where we just now I can't use that guy. There's no fucking way we can use him. He's gonna want to go in with an M4 into into CVS to to get it. It's like no, it it, it is guys. Just just. They still want to live that. Oh, cool. That's right. Oh, it's, no, it's, it's okay. I mean, Dave got it. Tim got it, you know, but yeah. some of the other guys that we kind of brought along were like, oh, geez, what are we geez, doing? What now? are we doing? <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I mean, the guys are like, it'd be easier if we just killed them, you know? Or, you know like, <laughs> oh, this, I, this definitely sounds like a movie. It, 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 oh, it, it probably it could. You put Clooney in there and Brad Pitt, and just <laughs> I, I would watch it, man. Um, yeah, I want to make sure, as I said, that we get into the the book because yeah. you are on here for a reason, and and yeah. this is the book. If people are watching on YouTube, Whispers of a Gypsy, and as I said earlier, this is such a departure from your previous work because this is a for one horror genre, World War II setting. But the cool thing that you've done is that you switch between world war ii poland to modern day illinois where you are uh so i think it's cool that it switches between the two because you probably have some younger readers and i I would imagine for just like the younger people world war ii seems like ancient history even though it's really not and we've spoken about it on the show before it's like i've gotten to meet so many world war ii survivors and holocaust survivors and uh not many of them are left so even with a horror book like this that's based in reality it's important to keep that legacy alive so yeah i'd love to get into it and what inspired it and uh and yeah what made you go down this path of a totally new genre yeah um well 
it, it came out weird because my son was asking if he could read any of my books and you know the and you dedicated no. to him you go you go this yeah. is finally a book you could read yeah yeah and, and he can't um so <laughs> i stirred up um no it, it so he did he you know he, he said can i read one and i said yeah I'll, I'll i'll write one it was about time covid was starting and stuff had some maybe some time and um so what do you want in it and he's like you know my, my son was is really into helping you know kids with disabilities very sensitive to that and we've got a family friend son who who had um disability and so i think he just kind of it was the timing you know he just sensed that that uh, that was a, kind of a uniqueness that that he wanted to have he said i also want to have a kidnapping and i want to have this and i want to have that and so i i tried to that kind of craft it but as i've shared you know what sometimes the story takes on a life of its own and when I tried to think of, you know, where the, the bad guy would come from and how that would look and how to shape it, I, you know, I, I think we we're probably at the time during COVID watching all of these um, Marvel movies and how, whether it's Wolverine, Captain America, how they get that super strength and, and become that super soldier, how does that happen? So I started doing genetic research and I figured out what genes would have to be changed and how you would do it. And it's not gamma radiation and all that, but with <laughs> a stem cells and stuff. And so figure, okay, well, you could take this and blah, 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 you move this, but then do I want to make it a Holocaust story? Not really, because I, I could see this is getting dark and I don't want anybody to say that I'm exploiting that. Um, I grew up in a neighborhood where there were a lot of um, refugees, a lot of Holocaust survivors. I remember trick-or-treating and seeing the tattoos uh, on the women. And um, so that that kind of set with me. And, and about the same time, I had a, a friend who had uh, grew up with, I, I treated him poorly, you know, and uh, I was kind of a, a real shit and bully a lot of times. And so I thought, you know, this is kind of an homage to him of like, you know, somebody that might have had a pure heart. And so it just kind of all came together. And with all of the um, anti-Semitism that just keeps erupting, and then it was the 75th anniversary of Auschwitz, and I'm hearing people are still denying it and stuff. I just figured, it's just let's throw, I think a reviewer just said, you know, you just kind of threw all of it into a pot and then shook it up. And, um, and I think about the same time somebody's talking about horror movies and how, you know, they exploited how uh, people of color are usually like the first to die. I'm like, well, what if you had one that was the detective that was going to, you know, survive and stuff. And so it just just was a culmination of like a lot of bad feelings and heaviness and then wanting to just step up and say it's not OK. And, you know, this is what somebody might do in a situation. So you've got Mr. Mortimer, who's kind of that anti-hero who had been experimented on. And, you know, he's killing Nazis. And now, you know, his, his, his time is about over because he's, he's either killed all of the ones that he had targeted. Damn, You're good. We still see. Or, you. or they just yeah, died on their own. Yeah. You know, so, so that's. That's basically the, the the rub of it. And then he ends up meeting this, you know, small boy uh, who's wanting to have superpowers like him yeah. and who sees himself as being different and wanting to be like everybody else, but rec but not recognizing that really that purity of his heart is what makes him different from everybody else and uh, to hold on to that. And um, so that's what I try to do. I also try to capture in this thing, he's got this little kind of supernatural power where he can see people's auras. And, and I, I did reflect a lot on that. I, this took a long time to write just because, you know, busy life and all that. But I, I wanted to marinate on each element. And I, you know, I was thinking about it, getting ready for this, <laughs> this chat here with you and Chris. And like, what, how would war be different if you could see 
the goodness or the yeah. badness in people. If you had five jihadis running at you, but this one had this reddish yellow, you know, good spirit, but this, you know, he hated you because of what he learned in his culture and, and what was infused in him. Could you pull the trigger? And, and so that was the other thing that I kind of wanted to put out there is just the goodness of people. How do we know it? How do we see it? Do we already have these preconceived judgments and notions and stuff? And then of course, because it's just, you know, right. What it is, and it's a messy thing. Yeah, people die and body count ends up kind of high. And <laughs> yeah, everybody, everybody's, everybody's nice. Let's see this, but we're still going to kill a ton of people. So <laughs> kill the bad guys. We're going to kill them hard. <laughs> yeah, but no, but no, you're, 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 you're spot on as far as, and, and war, I, who knows, uh, you know, stereotypes, I do believe stereotypes are stereotypes for a reason, but sometimes stereotypes don't fit. Um, yeah. And seeing that art, that, you know, that would be a cool superpower to have. I'll be, I it would be really awesome. Maybe to see that, that, Hey, is that a good person or not? And you can actually right away, uh, see that that's, uh, that would be amazing to have. I, I don't know. I'm going on and I'm starting to think about, I was just an incident. I'm sorry. I faded off there for a little bit, guys. Sorry about that. But having just, if I, man, I wish I would have had that superpower right there, but shit happens. I mean, we're can be war, yeah. war, war sucks. That's just how it is, man. And wars only happen because both, th- both sides think they're right. That's where you say, hey, well, jihadi's coming at me because he thinks he, well, he thinks he's right. I don't think he's right. That's why we have conflict. Um, yeah. But man, that's good. That's, and your son can read. You said he can or he can't read. Oh, I can't. He, he, he could. No, he could not. I mean, it's pretty dark. It's, I just, there's certain things. Well, how old's your son? I, I don't even know. He's he's 15. He'll be 16 short. But oh, it's so like, he's, I'm he's like, do I want to Yeah, it's like, do I want to soak him into that stuff? And so, <laughs> gotcha. I, mean, I, I think he's already kind of read it and he's like read the first few chapters. He's like, this is kind of stupid. I don't, I don't. <laughs> this is kind of stupid. Let me go shoot some people in the face on Call of Duty. This is terrible, but hell yeah. Exactly. exactly. My, oh, I know. My, my son plays this game. Just getting off the subject there, but my son plays this game where you have to run from a a mur- it's a homicidal murder you it's on playstation i forget this and he i'm watching him play this game and he's running from this homicidal murder and that's the that's the game i said you can't turn and kill this homicidal murder no 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 i said well, what's the fun in that if you can't fight back <laughs> you're just running around not wanting to get killed be the first one killed uh, it's like the, what are the games so he's switched now to call of duty or at least you can fight back i mean but, but, but no that brother the, the I, again, your your experience and just I love just getting in your backstories of of that's not the books, just your operational experience and just that you're like you're like everybody else. You're just a good dude. You're a good dude that has a ton of stories that did some shit, and you still are able to laugh about it. And now you're able to write about it as well. And I wish I wish I had that skill. I don't. I'll never write a book again because it feels like a homework assignment for me. I, I just can't do it. But man, that's that's amazing. And this new book, yeah, people need to pick it up. And, you need to catch that is have you whoever the guy you're trying to catch yeah let's 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 make sure you catch him whoever that is whoever we couldn't say though thou should not be named all right no, no. yeah, yeah all, all, all good all good i was gonna say your dog you were telling me earlier he might he must see a squirrel out there or something right <laughs> from what you're saying <laughs> no it's all good we're, we're making it work but you know what i wanted to get into too when you were saying about like all this stuff going on with anti-semitism that really um sparked the book and and made you want to write this it really couldn't be better timing because i know you're active on twitter and i've actually seen your tweets about it. it's like every day now because of the kanye stuff you go on yeah. twitter 
and something is trending with like anti-Semitism, Jewish, Ashkenazi, like Holocaust denial, all types of crazy shit. And you have, you know, Kanye West going on Alex Jones and praising Hitler and praising the Nazis. And I could see that like from the tweets that you wrote, you find it pretty troubling as I think most of us do. And I think it will probably lead to, and I'm a free speech absolutist, but at the same time, I do think the stuff he's saying is going to lead to more attacks on Jewish people. I mean, who are like, especially like the um, Hasidic Jews who are like the biggest victims of these hate crime attacks and that type of stuff. And people also forget that like a guy with Kanye's following, he has more followers than there are Jews in the world. And he's out there as I guess you would say influencer billionaire who's now lost his billions um yeah encouraging hatred and it's it's pretty it's a pretty crazy time because i thought like a lot of that was stomped out to some extent it'll never be totally stomped out but to have someone of his stature like putting out this shit is pretty it's troubling it is and so when i when i was gonna write this i thought it was i thought it was a good book and so i thought this also could be this could be a book that maybe brings me to the next level. Um, but then I thought again about what that message was. And I, and so when I talk to agents and I talk to publishers and they're like, yeah, we can, you know, maybe change this. It's a little tough. And, you know, do we really want to use the word gypsy? Uh, because the Romani part of it is as much of, of the anti-Semitism. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, this is the people that have never gotten, you know, any reparations or acknowledgement and stuff like that. So, and, and they're using, you know, the word gypsy, just like an N-word, R-word. Um, and that's why I chose to put that out there. So, you know, it's kind of a two-pronged thing that I wanted to you know, bring about. And, and that kind of goes in that whole unconscious bias. But what was where, where they're saying, yeah, we'll get this out in about a year. And, you know, we're looking at probably October, November and stuff like that. I'm like, but this is really pertinent now. And so I went with the small press, uh, micro press, just to kick it out the door. And so it's really grassroots spread and it's not really spreading very fast. Um, and, and so that's part of what I'm challenged with is getting people to read it because I do believe it's got a good message, but you know, most people that are reading it probably get that message um, already. So, but I also don't want to say, Hey, this is happening in the world today. So buy my book. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that, that kind of seems shitty and that kind of doesn't seem like that's the humanitarian side. So what I'm kind of wrestling with right now, uh, the audio did get purchased. Um, I did put out the, the paperback I'm, I'm musing, you know, to make, you know, once I get the, the money back from like editors and stuff like that, I, it may just be, ha- it may have to be just one of those that come January, I just say it's, it's free on Kindle. Because how can, how can I, how can I, I can't make money off the backs of others if I'm saying the reason that we're doing this is to make society better. Yeah. So I, that's, that's kind of where I'm at now is I, I, it may just be one of those where we just kind of suck it up and say, you know what, this is a donation. And if I feel that strongly about the story and, you know, we've talked about ego and stuff like that and just put that ego aside and say, okay, they're not going to be bestseller or may not be USA Today or win an award or something, but, you know, maybe a few people might read it. Uh, I grew up in, in a, an environment that was a little bit less than tolerant uh, for some people, at least my mom was very much so, but, uh, you know, there's some, some family members that were less so, and I think I got caught up into that for a while. So if I really want to say, hey, this is part of change and we should do it, there might be that kid, you know, like 
like uh, Chris was talking about, even on the military stuff that changes his view. Maybe this isn't so cool to do. Maybe somebody does read it because they think it's just a cool horror book where they're going to see somebody splatted against the wall. Uh, and then they're like, holy shit, maybe I should, maybe I could change my, 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 my soul, you know, my thinking and my heart. Um, yeah. So, so that may be, don't be surprised if you just all of a sudden just see it like, fuck it, throw it in the wind. <laughs> That'd be cool. What, what did you think of the, the Kanye comments? Because I like now he's being, it's weird. It's like America. I've, I've heard it before. And it's true. Like kind of rewards bad behavior. You know, like you go out somewhere, have a positive message. You're not going to get booked everywhere. No one cares. But, you know, you're Kanye and you go on all these different media outlets that will have you on and you say the most like reprehensible stuff. And unfortunately, it's all we're talking about. It's all like the media is talking about. And you kind of get rewarded for it. Although, as I said, he's losing all his sponsor sponsorships yeah. with uh, brands like adidas and he thinks he's proved a point somehow because he's like see i said this and now they won't you know carry my stuff and it's like well what point did you prove you prove that jews who run companies are against nazi shit like i think we all knew that yeah i think i'd feel different if kanye was eminem white dude blonde hair blue eyes um kanye is no stranger to bias racism being a man of color I think something's wrong with Kanye. Yeah. And I, I'm, and, and I think that he's kind of being, I, I look, he's got to own his actions. I think he may, he's got more going on up here that, that, that doesn't seem to be connecting and that doesn't seem right. That I, I feel more bad for him because I think he's potentially got some bigger issues and, and, and I think he needs some help. Um, so I, I guess from that, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm, you know, because he's, he's, he's not white, then that's okay by any means. I'm just saying I, I can't imagine somebody who's dealt with that with his family has dealt with and stuff like that, that he would go after another marginalized race and, and say those things without something being wrong. And I think it's almost like one of those things where he just can't help himself. And I hope somebody can help him um, because it just, it just doesn't make sense. But, I, you know, I don't know. I, maybe other, I just don't, I just don't know enough, but it, it, I can't, I can't believe it's happening. I do feel like he's getting exploited because of whatever that is. And, but I, I it just can't be, it can't be his rational thinking. Yeah. Whereas I, I live out here in the sticks. So as much as he knows, you know, I, I don't, I, in bad or good, I don't pay attention to that shit. I don't at all. I don't bring, because to per, if I'm paying attention to it, and like everybody else does, then you're going to be influenced whether you like it or not, one way or the other. Yeah. And to be honestly honest, I think the fucking matrix is right. Sometimes ignorance is bliss, man. Yeah. And if I see a person out there, if I'm going to judge them by what they're going to act towards me. So I wish I could throw my two cents on this, but I don't I don't pay attention to it. I'm not on Twitter. I, and there's a reason for it. I'm not yeah. saying that. Um, and but yeah, with all this, I, I got nothing, guys. So for all the guys out there waiting for Tano's comment on this, <laughs> I give two fucks about Kanye. I could give two shits. And and um, another Tantoism for the day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's it. I could give two shits. There's a Tantoism. It's weird because I will say I I feel you on that. I don't care about what he personally says, but what I do care about is the the effect it might have on yeah. millions of followers, millions of young kids who maybe don't know any better, and this is who they're looking to. Well, the answers. Then I would go to their parents and say, "What the fuck? Be a parent, dude. Let's teach your kids right. Judge that person by how they act, not by what this fucking idiot's saying on the TV and on the far other end. For people that hate white people or people that hate Mexican people, 
so who gives a shit? Don't pay attention. Let's be a good parent and, and teach our kids the values. And I think here again, we're letting, and we're getting on tangent here, we're letting the TV and the media teach our children values. And uh, that's that's being a terrible parent, in my opinion. So if you're letting that happen, yeah, if, if to say that, then you're a bad parent. Pause right there. Terrible. And if you believe that, that you know, Nazism is a good thing, I think we've come to a conclusion that it's not all right and and for you know him being out there if, if you're that brain dead to be watching kanye say hmm i think nazism is a good thing then you're an idiot bottom line yeah i would i would agree but it's also just like man uh, it's the fact that the three of us right we've met world war ii survivors we've met holocaust survivors and some of these young kids like they're not even being taught about this stuff in school so they, they have no idea about history on some level and it's the same thing as like kids learning about history through tiktok videos and they think they know it all and <laughs> you know they haven't picked up a book to learn this stuff or talk to someone with the experience to tell you what actually went down at that time and you know why we fought the nazis and why we did the things that we did in our history and and why should we we should be proud of our history as americans so and that's why you as far as you doing your thing jt coming back that's why you buy Fritter's books, man. Fritter, I love that. You got to buy Fritter <laughs> because, you know, the global war on terror, I'm sure down the road when we have passed or when we're in our 90s, there will be things that come up that weren't correct on the G on the GWAT. And having this history out there, whether it's fictionalized or non-fictional, that's what's going to put the truth out there from people that actually were there. Whether you're kicking in a door or whether you're doing the op space and you're doing the intel collection or you're a knock you can tell people i said it you didn't jt uh, yeah. but if, if you're a knock or something out there they're the ones that are going to have this is the truth this is the history of it and that's why whether the book sells well and it's going to dude you're a great right it's going to but um this will be immortalized for history down the line so when my great great grandson reads global war on terror he's going to pick up JT Patton's book, maybe even picks up one of mine or picks up Jack Carr's or I know we're throwing name dropping here or just or picks yeah. out any of the, you know, any of the military GWAP books and like this from a person that was there. This is what happened. This is the truth. And that's what's awesome. So when Kanye comes out, Kanye, the 50th, first, third, fourth, whatever his sense. And if they want to go that route, this speak badly about the global war on terror. We've got history right there to back it up that we did good things. Yeah, we did bad things too, but yeah. there was a necessity for it. And I think we did fight the good fight. Um, there's sometimes though, you, we did some bad things to get to that point. And I'm, and you write about a lot of that and that's good. That's the truth. That's what, even if it's fictionalized or not, it's still based, like we said, in realism. I know I'm on my fucking soapbox. Damn it, Ian. No, See what good. you did to me. Did <laughs> I, I but you, and that's, that's, that's the purpose of, I mean, I know this, the whole purpose of this call is, is to interview and, and discuss, but you know, I think it's good to have these dialogues. And I think that's what I hope that some of the books provoke is just discussion. No, you know, it's come to a conclusion, but just yeah. discussion, you know, just think about things. Yeah, I, I agree. I I know uh, we're we're going to wrap up here. I have two quick questions for you and, uh, you know, anything else Chris has. Um, one of them would be, what are you personally reading? What are you inspired by? So right now it's probably skewed because I'm, uh, oh, I can't even say that. I can <laughs> say part of it. Um, I'm, I'm a, a, I'm a, <laughs> too many secrets um i'm a juror for an award and so each year i have to for this particular part of an award i have to read all like kind of the book submissions so i end up getting like 80 90 books in a year that i have to kind of read or part read part of them to see if 
they wow. can advance to that next stage. So right now my plate is full with, with all of that. And then I'm if you're reading mulling, 80, 90 books, geez. Yeah. Geez, I, I've never, yeah. I've never read 80, 90 books. It's, <laughs> you know, it's, I can't say, you know, some of them, you just, you could read three chapters and you're like, eh, you not go, going that's not a championship. <laughs> um, so I read a lot of three chapters <laughs> yeah. and, um, but I, I've been, you know, mulling the, the next book, um, and uh, I'll, I'll just share a little bit, which is, uh, I'm calling it for now, the running title is Purple. If you've ever seen those trees that have the purple bands on them, which is, you know, the no trespassing, but a lot of people don't know that, you know, what would happen if you didn't know that? So, um, so I'm working on purple right now um, and just throwing in some thoughts and words. So that's, that's kind of what I'm doing right now. So I, I can't say that I'm reading this like really meaningful book and all that stuff, but, uh, you know, just kind of slogging through it all. That's cool. And then my my last question I had, and, and if Chris has any as well, but the, the last question I was wondering, and we've said this before, and we have Brad Thor on the show or Jack Carr on the show. So from your perspective, if there is someone listening and they want to do what you do, they want to put out a book. And, and truthfully, your answer to this might be more realistic for that person than Brad Thor's answer, because Brad Thor gets to do this as a full-time job make a ton of money someone like you this is something that you really do on the side and you've grown a following of people who just want to read your stuff so yeah if someone has a novel inside of them and they're like i don't know where to start what what advice would you give i think if they don't know where to start and can't start with that first sentence that's that's probably the first thing you know is i think most people that are going to make it are willing to put that first sentence down so yeah, if you can't even get that first one out, you you may not because to get that last sentence down, you gotta you gotta suck it up and you can't quit on that. Um, I would say you know you gotta start writing. Just start putting it down. I don't care if it takes you five years, ten years. If you look at the first books of most authors, it takes them like three years to write. If you think wow. from when they started it to the time that they actually got it out, then they follow on if they get the deals. Um, and sometimes they actually get worse because that thought went into that first book. So that's okay. Um, so just start writing, but then start socking away some cash because you're going to need, don't have your buddy read it. Don't have your mom read it, your wife read it, spouse read it, whatever, kid read it. Get a professional to read it. And you may have to put probably three, four batteries of edits into it if you want it to get any place. Nobody is taking books on anymore that is just oh, it's a great concept and we just need to polish it up. No, it's usually a piece of crap, but it's got a good concept. And so they're going to kick it out the door and say, fix it and then bring it back. You've got to come out with a polished rock. And so I'd say, be ready to invest $1,500 or so to get it edited, fix it, figure about when you say the end, you just started another six months of work. And, and if you can kind of think your wrap your head around that, then I think you're off to a good start. Dude, I, I got to throw in one other thing, too, because now hearing that, I'm remembering something, too, as someone who's not an author, but I'm a writer, I write different things, um, and I know a little bit about the business, not as much as both of you, but if you are getting started on the business end of things and someone wants you to pay them to publish the book, yeah. run away, because we just, I'm not going to throw yeah. them under the yeah. bus, but we just had a, a team of authors on the show recently. Yeah. And they have lost a ton of money getting screwed by one of these publishers who's taking advantage of veteran authors who don't know any better, quite honestly. And they're saying um, all types of shit. They're like, yeah, until you sell this amount of books, we can't pay you. And um, I was going to get involved with them on some level because I do the audiobook thing. And 
you know, I had to say to them, and once again, I'm not throwing anyone under the bus, you know, you, you, Chris knows what I'm talking about, but like, I had to say, I would love to deal with you guys, but this is a shady publisher. I'm not, I'm not yeah. going to deal with them. I'm not going <laughs> to trust them to give me any money because if I do an audiobook for a veteran author on the show, like I have for James Smokey West and stuff, I'm going to make it fair, make it worth their while. And yeah, there's a ton of these online publishers working either a shade above the law or maybe not legally doing things. I don't know how it's legal, but basically screwing a lot of first time authors out of their money and saying, yeah, we'll put your work out there, but you got to sell this certain amount of books and then we could pay you like that's not the way it works, but a lot of people I, there's, don't there's, know. There's also some there's also some reviewers out there that have their platforms and they make money by telling authors that they can start giving them coaching on their books and they'll charge them $500, $1,000. And what they'll end up doing is they'll read the book or part of it and say, oh, you need to do this or that. And it's more based on their bias of what it is versus mechanically what they need to do. They don't have that mechanical background in writing to know what that is. Similarly, what a lot of them are doing is they're just throwing that software or that that app or that uh, manuscript into software so that they can kind of go through just the grammatical stuff and the easy spelling check and stuff like that and say i just cleaned up all of this stuff for you looks good but there's there's not a lot behind a lot of that stuff so people need to be very careful also about the credibility and the qualifications of some individuals that are out there right now taking wow. money and some people that are also writing books uh and saying hey this is this is what I did. Here's my writing process and all that stuff. They didn't even write the damn book. And so there's, there's a number of folks that are really more, I'd respect them more if they say I'm, I'm, I'm a brand and I had this idea, but somebody had to help me write it and put it into my words. And this is the process we took yeah. and saying, I wrote this book. This is mine, man. It was a tough road ahead. I've, but I I've met plenty of those. And, Dude, I had, I interviewed uh, years ago, a prominent Navy SEAL, I won't say the name, who didn't even know the name of his book. <laughs> they didn't know the title of the book. <laughs> no, and, and yeah, and there's no, she, I've, I've had, she's tremendous. Her name's Melissa Moore. She has helped me with the two that I've done, the Patriot Creed Ranger way, and I couldn't have done it without her. And, and reason she's not, because she didn't want to be on there. I is has nothing to do with me not so you know where do you put your name on there you help me oh no 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 and and that's right it was through the publisher and the agent yeah. that I have and but I I always give her kudos because it's like oh and I needed somebody like her because she had the patience to deal with my dumb ass that goes from anger <laughs> to being okay to be all over the place and and uh so there's nothing wrong with that. And I always will give her respect. And she gets, she, she, she got paid pretty good too. She, she, did, she, she did, but I, I agree with bro. I, I, I know who Ian's talking about with that publisher. And, and I, if you can give like what you just said will help out. Cause I think there are a lot of veterans that are getting scammed out of money right now. And they do have amazing stories to tell too. That's right. And it's not getting out there. So uh, buddy, I, all I gotta say is I love talking to just how you got to where you're at. That is a fucking story of perseverance. Whether you think it is or not, that is a story. And if it doesn't help, that's a story, not just a perseverance of, of overcoming adversity. But what I love is that you took the step, man. You just took the first step and you didn't know if you were going to make it. You weren't even ready for it, sounded like. But you said, fuck it. I'm going to do it anyway. There's a tantalism right there. Fuck it. I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> and that's from that's from Fritter. I'm going to put yeah. my Fritter. <laughs> so and that that is I think that is going to help more people than just anything. Else. Really, anything else we talked about, just your fucking how, how you did it. You, you stepped out of the airplane. 
almost plummeted to your death, but you shoot open and look where you're at now. And it's, that's amazing, bro. I, I, lo- I loved, I loved that part of the conversation. Thank you for putting that out there and at least being open with us. I appreciate that, man. No, all good. All good. And I, yeah. I, I've made a lot of missteps along the way and I've ruffled a lot of feathers. You know, uh, we all I'm trying to keep it, but um, you know, try to try to be who I was. Yeah. yeah. Fa- hey, failing is just a step towards success. That is actually a tantuism. And I, <laughs> I have tried but man who everybody that's succeeded has failed tons of times they just yep. kept kept pushing now you're awesome man and that book i it's going to do well. it, obviously it's you're a tremendous yeah i've said it eight million times you're a tremendous writer <laughs> and you've got the pedigree to write about that stuff with some realism even though we're in the fiction side so nah man i recommend anybody re- read your stuff and and you're going to learn something about yourself so god bless you man awesome job bud. appreciate it chris yeah. Yeah. So check it out, guys. Uh, jtpattonbooks.com at jtpattonbooks on Twitter and on Instagram. Once again, Whispers of a Gypsy is the new book. It's out now, Amazon, anywhere else. Um, and yeah, wherever you're listening, subscribe, leave us a comment. If you're on YouTube, leave us a review. If you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, that stuff all helps us out. Share it. Um, anything else from you, JT? It's been an honor having you back on, man. Yes. Like I said, it's been long overdue, probably a good two years. And a, a lot of guys like yourself who I've known for years now, I don't, I don't get to speak to very often. So I, I yeah, like being no. able to catch up like this. Oh, my pleasure. It's just, I appreciate the opportunity. It's good catching up again, Ian, Chris, good to, good to chat with you. Um, so no, thanks guys. I hope you and your families do well over the holidays and, um, you, know, you too, bro. Well, man. Yeah, you too, man. Awesome job, buddy. Take care of yourself. And yeah, I, that's that's all I got, man. That's all the Tontoisms we got for today. I think we've hit a million of them. I'll get you some residuals if we make some t-shirt worth those saying, though. <laughs> Sounds <Anyway>. good. <laughs> that's all for this episode of the Battleline Podcast. But we'll be back on Monday with more American Straight Talk. Until then, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Battleline Podcast and on Twitter at Battleline Pod. To sign up for future Battleline tactical courses, go to www.christantoparanto.net. Believe in yourself, face all challenges head on, and as always, never, never quit. quit.